1: Property investing is it's going to bring in a lot of emotions uh, that, are, that are going to come to play and I, I feel that if you can master your emotions, you're going to make wiser, better decisions um, and then you actually can, can transform yourself into um, an action taker.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we continue our conversation with property investor and entrepreneur Scott Kuru who is a property portfolio of almost 20 properties and has founded three major successful companies in Australia. Kuru has achieved his own financial freedom and is now committed to helping you find yours. Gokuru has a property portfolio of close to twenty properties, and he has faced his fair share of challenges to go along with them. I think,
1: like the, the biggest challenge that I had um, is is when I had one particular property. I really wanted this property. Um, it was it was a great it was a great property. And I was maxing out on my borrowing capacity. I had like a lot of banks telling me, "No, you you can't you can't get finance for this." So really, really the tough thing for me was I committed to the property, even though I was being told I wouldn't get finance for it. So I put the deposit down. I just went screw this. Like I'm somehow going to make this happen. I put the deposit down, and um, you know then settlement was coming around and. You know, I had to talk to my my tax guy. I had to, you know, balance things out on the tax side. I had to balance things out on the income side. And then when it came close to settlement, like I literally had to run around to like so many different places um, to be able to, to be able to settle on this property. And ultimately, I had to settle on the property. I had to pay like a ridiculously high interest rate. I had to go to some lender that was gonna give me, you know, two, three percent higher interest rate than what I could get in the market, but it meant that I could get the property. So like that that was really, really, really tough because I was going to all the different lenders and they're asking for documents and proof of this and proof of that. And you know, all of these requests for information and all this kind of stuff. So like that was like a huge huge amount of stress because like I had a date that I had to settle. If I didn't settle on that date, I was gonna start getting penalty interest. So we're talking, you know, a couple of thousand dollars. I think it was um, from memory, I think it was a couple of thousand dollars every week. But I didn't settle on this property, so um, um, like that was probably um, the most the most the most stressful one. So I ended up settling on it on a on a really on a really high interest rate. Waited six months, paid paid the higher interest rate. Waited six months, and then I was able to refinance down like onto a, onto a proper competitive loan. So that that was probably like I guess I guess the toughest ones for me is the properties that I've wanted that I didn't wanna that I didn't want to miss out on. You know, I had another opportunity. I I typically don't like apartments, but, you know, I had a uh, a deal that I came across where this apartment was discounted by 80 grand. Basically, some overseas Chinese investors had put down a 20% deposit on it and had literally disappeared. So, so, yeah, so the developer, um, the developer, uh, you know, just through the different contacts that I've got in the industry, and this is what we do for our members, but the developer basically um, had tried so many different ways, have gotten legal advice, you know we've emailed, called, we've done everything. this this buyer has literally disappeared. So um and then they had they had some different things and needs for the money that they had. So they just said, look, we just need a buyer to come in, we need to sell it fast. And um, the market at that time because this is an apartment in Brisbane, and you might even remember, Tyrone, you know, if you go back, uh, say, well, what was this now? Three or four years? If you go back three or four years, there was a so-called oversupply of apartments in Brisbane. Now, the vacancy rate on those apartments now is down below 2%. But at that time, the vacancy rate was about 8%. So there was an oversupply apartments. Um, these these de- builders, developers could not sell them. No one was buying them. And um, he had this Chinese buyer that had bought one and disappeared. There was, tw- there was um, 20% in the deal. So I said, I'll buy it for your price less 20%. So yeah, it was an $80,000 discount. But again, I had problems on, I I had, I had, um, I had, I didn't have much liquidity at that time. So what do I mean by liquidity? I didn't have a lot of cash laying around at that time because, 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 you know, Tyrant, I'd gone on a shopping spree of property. So, people have to understand my mindset. Like, I I, I went to the reverse. So I was very scared on my first one, and then I was like, I went crazy.
0: <laughs> like, how crazy are you talking about? What you bought a dozen in a year or something?
1: If I had any anything more than five or six grand in my account, I would put it into property. So, I I built I built my um, my prop my property portfolio. Sometimes my bank account would go down to two grand, three grand, four grand, five grand. And when I did that apartment deal, when I did it, I had left my name about five grand. Right. And and I didn't have I didn't have a multi, multi-million dollar business, two thousand. I didn't have that then. So like I was taking big risks, but I wanted the deals because I knew that I did these deals, the cash flow came in, it'd repay me. So um yeah, I just I just took all the liquidity I had. Um, I, I I put it in to secure it. I hadn't got the finance secured. I had to sign a contract that fully locked me in to be able to do it. To be able to do it quick, because so many so many other people wanted to come in and jump in on this deal. I mean, they didn't want it without the twenty percent. But once it was twenty percent, everyone wanted it. You know, the, the the brother-in-law of the of the developer wanted it. So, um, I I I um I, I I did that. I took that risk. Um, I went out. I did eventually figure out. Um, I figured out the finance. So, so probably my biggest challenge has been in growing my portfolio. portfolio has been getting the getting the loans, getting the debt. Because I, I would have loved to have grown faster. I would have loved to have grown bigger. But my my cap was always how much I could borrow. So, um, I would love right now to get a loan for a trillion dollars. Like I'd love to get a loan. like. Sometimes I run into people and they go, "Oh, but isn't that a big loan? That's scary." I'm like. I would love a loan for a trillion dollars.
0: You can imagine how many properties you get with that.
1: And then I had another one where I was actually um, uh, a very similar deal. It's, uh, I was overseas at the time. I did the deal and uh, the the, the, pro- the problem was that um, I couldn't complete the deal because I needed to sign this contract in the presence of um, you know a lawyer or something like that. And they wouldn't accept an overseas lawyer, so I was going to miss. I was going to miss out on the deal. I literally, I literally cancelled the holiday I was on, and flew back to get this deal. So, like that's how hungry I have been. If, if you want to know how, if you meet anyone that's gone from you know, two three properties to like ten or more than that, that's that's the type of. Um, Hunger, hunger—you have to have
0: dedication and persistence.
1: <laughs> I'm on holiday, man. I'm like, I'm having, I'm like, I'm going to miss out on this deal. No way. Over this dumps, you know. And I, I'd, I'd call in about, you know, eight, nine different um, solicitors and lawyers. How do I do this deal? I, I'd spoken to the bank. I was trying to get their paperwork changed. They had this really stupid rule, and um, yeah, I couldn't do the deal unless I flew back. So I flew back, and and and
0: and, and I did it. Yeah. Kuru has had some hairy moments in the past, but what about the good stuff? I asked him what he remembers as his aha moment.
1: I think the aha moment was when yeah, when I took the massive action, like when I did my first few properties. And the big aha moment for me, because my big worry was like, like, well, I've got all this debt, so who's going to pay it? And then what I got when I got my first property, and I had the rent come in. Like, and I, and I got the, the rental statement for the first property and I'm looking at it and I went, Hey, well, that's real money. And then, you know, you log into the bank account and you see, you go, Whoa, there's money there. So I went, Oh, hold on. This actually works. So that was like a big aha moment for me. And then the other big aha moment was like when I did my first tax return. I did my first tax return and um, I'm sitting down, I'm learning about things like appreciation and all this and all, you know, I'm sitting there and then I get my first tax return and I go, damn, that's a big chunk of money back. Damn. And I'm like, so so those are two big things. And then um, then when I started getting like revaluations on property, and then I'd revalue that, you know, that one, oh, that's increased, you know, three months. Oh, it went up 30000 dollars I went, wow. And then, you know, a year later, oh, that's gone up 80 grand. Oh, wow, this is great. So I, I think when um the, the the theory became real, uh that that started, and then I was like, damn, this works. So then I started That's when I'm like overseas cancelling, cancelling. I'm going to do this deal. Uh, That's when I'm running around begging, begging banks, please give me a loan.
0: You did whatever it took to be able to get those deals. And now, you know, obviously where they are now has actually helped you build that portfolio because it's compounded time. You know, 10 years is is quite a a good solid amount of time. That's at least one, one, close to two property cycles actually when you think about it. So, you've seen so many great gains from it.
1: Yeah, yeah, time, time, times, times are uh, times. You know, time's really important. So, uh, yeah, but time goes really, really quick. You'd be surprised how even now, the, the, some of these um, experiences, are just I'm just being reminded of them now. And um, you think back the things that you did, and um, you're grateful. You're grateful that you took action. You know.
0: Yeah, totally. So you you built a portfolio up to say 20 properties. What's been sort of the mix of the properties you've purchased? Is there well maybe let let's talk about your strategy. Um, it sounded like when you first purchased those properties, it was like a buy and hold and then you pull your equity out and then you leapfrog into the next one and you keep doing that. What, what's been your overall strategy since then? because to build it up to close to 20 properties it's not just something you just go and buy and hold and you do it over the next 10 years or something like that easily. You have to actually have some kind of specific plan to be able to achieve that.
1: Yeah, well, my strategy is just to get like un- a, number one, an undervalued location. And then get an undervalued property. Because a lot of people talk about, all right, so fast track your gains. They they talk about manufacturing manufacturing, um, equity. So what that means is you get a property, you make some ads to it, some changes to it. You add a granny flat or you add a second story or you renovate it or something like that. You revalue it and then the price becomes higher. Now, I didn't have the time to do that. I didn't have the expertise to do that. That took more cash. And I'd run all the numbers on it. And I said, all right, if I get one property and put more money in it and make some changes and maybe, possibly, possibly, maybe get a higher revalue on it, um, and I put all that time into it, which I didn't even have, so I I couldn't even do it, I thought, I don't really like that. But when I looked at the strategy of getting an undervalued suburb um, and and an undervalued property in an undervalued suburb, then that suburb over the, you know, if you look at the trend line of growth, what I'd also found through Liana's research is that most of the growth for a suburb, 70% of the growth for a suburb came in 30% of the time. So she'd run all these numbers and she'd worked out based on a number of like really complicated factors, um, how you could pick an area that the long-term would would have that long-term growth trend. But. Had the bulk, or you know, the the bulk of that growth would be within the first one, two, or three years of me own of me owning that property. So what we were trying to do was to position in a property in an undervalued suburb, in an undervalued property, in an area that we felt was going to have more immediate growth, not growth out into the future. So so we did that. Um, and so that that's still our base our base um, strategy today. And then I was able to create equity that way, not through not through the manufacturing. I'm not talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I'm talking you know maybe you can make a thirty thousand dollar equity there, get a tax refund of nine grand there, another another twelve grand of savings. All right, there's deposit for property number two. So if you can keep if you can keep repeating that, um, you can move. Now when you get your first one or two or three properties, it's pretty slow. But when you've got, say, three or four or five properties, and they're kind of growing, like the equity or the growth across the four or five, the tax collections across the four or five, so it becomes exponential. So, you know, one becomes two, very slow. Two becomes three, quite slow. But three can become five a bit faster, and five can become nine a little bit, a little bit, a little bit faster. So, that that was that was my base strategy. The other strategy for me was to always keep the cash flow positive, so as, as much as possible. I mean, sometimes there were deals, but if we can do deals where you look at the property and you go, that's not cash flow positive with, with the asking price today. But if we can get the ask, asking price lower, then we can turn a non-cash flow positive property into a cash flow positive property, not through a renovation, not through anything like that, but through using my mouth.
0: Kuru puts it into perspective using some basic numbers.
1: So, you know, we we use a bit of data to find all right, where are the areas where we could sort of strike a deal like that and then just you know use use the mouth, like a half hour conversation to to, to do the deal, not not 10 weekends of slavery doing the renovation. So um that that that's that's pretty much been been my strategy. Now this will not turn you into a multi 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 multi-millionaire in the next five years but a strategy like this if you're looking at market averages and things like that you probably like you're probably an average income earner could if you get at least you know um a market growth rate of say seven 7.5 percent if you're able to create equity along the way then you may be able to create something like one and a half million two million two and a half million over like at least a 10-year period Um, If you wanted to create, yeah, if you wanted to create more than that, you need to give it more years. So if you want 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, well, you probably need a 15-year investment window, or you've got to have a higher or above average um, salary or income so that you can borrow more and put more assets into into your portfolio earlier on. But typically like what I see, because right now I'm seeing like over 200, 200 people every single month join our community. Um, me and Liana are right in there. We help them out with their strategies, and yet typically, you know, I think a great outcome would be one and a half million to two million over a ten-year in uh, uh, over a ten-year investment um, window minimum. Um, and I, I would say to anyone that thinks that doing better than that, doing better than that through any strategy, renovating, doing whatever, anyone that thinks that. Anyone that thinks they can go from like a, like a normal income and a normal amount of savings. I'm talking 50 to 100 grand. Anyone that thinks that they can do probably better than that as an investor. You really can't. Now, there's there's another way to be in property. The other way to be in property is to have property as a business. So, like I would say, someone that's buying property, renovating it, and selling it, that's a business. Or I would say someone that's um doing developments mini developments or larger developments medium sized developments that's a business so it is possible to make more money than what i've just said as a business but if you're what i call an ordinary investor and so i'm talking about someone on ordinary income ordinary employee ordinary savings then you know targeting something like a couple of million dollars in 10 to 15 years and if you can actually achieve that that is a massive, massive because if you if, if you set up to achieve 2 million in 10 years, well, that could be 4 million, 6 million in 20 or 25 years. And if you're getting started in this journey at around 40, then by 60, you can be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. If you're getting started at 40 and you want to retire by 50, that's possible. And if you're getting started at 30 or lower, then you could be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire by you know, 40, 50.
0: Coming up next, we discuss the mindset which enabled Kuru to expand his portfolio.
1: So the discount you're getting on the way in is not the big thing. The big thing is going to be how does that um, property perform.
0: He shares the advice he would give to his younger self.
1: 10 years ago, I was stressed out. Um, I was worried. I was fearful. I was anxious. Um, I was worried about the future.
0: He reveals the details of his strategy and which kind of investor it's designed for.
1: Now, there are many strategies in property. Um and you know all of them all of them um, do work to varying levels, but you've got to find the right strategy for you.
0: And that's coming up next. I'm Tyron Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. <music> Kuru suggests a realistic plan for those he would call ordinary earners.
1: As an investor, as an ordinary earner, ordinary savings as an investor, typically trying to aim for more than $2 million, um, in less than a 10-year window, very hard to do. Yet yeah, you have to be very, very fortunate, even with all of the um, negotiating discounts. Because you think about it, you got a half a million dollar property, you negotiate a $25,000 discount in the whole big scheme of things, that like when people really learn this math, the whole big scheme of things, that's nothing. That doesn't get you any further. So I would rather get a $500,000 property with no discount and get an eight or 9% growth on it, than get a $500,000 property with a $25,000 discount with a 5% growth on it. So the discounts you're getting on the way in is not the big thing. The big thing is gonna be, how does that um, property perform? And typically it's gonna perform based on the location that it's in and then the quality of the property of the location Um, the, the quality, the population, but I hope, I hope your audience can, can, because you've got to be, because what will happen is if you've got an unrealistic expectation or if you're desperate, you've, you've made yourself desperate through your mindset. You're you're in this desperate mindset. Um, or if you're later on in life and you're desperate, what will happen is you'll, you'll go to these, um, you'll go to these events, these rah, rah events, and you'll get stitched up because you're desperate.
0: And you make, you know, poor decisions based on some of those things due to emotion rather than the facts and figures. I've got a few more things I wanted to just touch on as well too. You mentioned mentors. Um, Liana has obviously been extremely, extremely important and key crucial for you to support you. Have you also sought any other mentors, or did you have any other mentors you could share along the way, and what's been their impact on your whole journey as well?
1: Yeah, I think a real, a real big mentor for me has been um, Tony Robbins, and if you don't know Tony Robbins, um, he's not particularly um, a property person, but he's definitely like a mindset person. Um, that some of this helps you to stay positive, um, you know, because you, you know, like pro- property, inv- property investing is going to bring in a lot of emotions. Uh, That are going to come to play and I I feel that if you can master your emotions, you're going to make wiser, better decisions Um, and then you actually can can transform yourself into um, an action taker. So like I I really look up to Tony. I've done a lot of his um, programs and, and courses. Um, I watch him a lot on, um, on, on YouTube. And so like, I'm really, I'm really um, inspired. I'm really inspired by, by Tony. Um, And then, you know, Liana's been like a really good dear friend. I mean, she's got a unique skill with the data. And I mean, that's a real tangible thing. Um, And then just as a friend for someone to give you, uh, you know, reassurance, um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you need that. So, you know, definitely like she's been, you know, those have been the two big people um, that have really helped transform my life like in terms of my property my property journey.
0: Also too, talk, talking about I guess resources along the way, you've said you've pretty much attended all those courses, you've learned so much. At this point in time, do you have anything that you think you could share with the audience that is a fantastic resource that you have actually thought that, you know, has impacted you, has been able to help you along your journey too?
1: Yeah. Well, what, I, what I've done, like together with Liana, we thought, look, what what can what can we do? I mean, because we don't sell courses and things like that, but obviously people want some information, some education. So we, we put together a really powerful two-hour um, live event. So we run this event, you know, a couple of times um, during the month and it's a two-hour live event. And what we actually do is we step people through our, our exact strategy. Now there are many strategies in property um, and you know, all of them, all of them um, do work to varying levels, but you've got to find the right strategy for you. So at our two-hour um, live event, we actually break down step by step our exact strategy, what we do. And again, our strategy is more for a time-poor, ordinary um, investor that's aiming, you know, to reach financial freedom like in a realistic window, but not maybe get it, definitely get it, like in a ten-year, twelve-year window. So. That's, that's actually like it is actually a really, really good, you know, not, not, to, um, not to promote my own stuff but it's actually a really a really powerful um, experience um, if people can, can make it along make it along to that.
0: Kuru shares the most influential book he's read and suggests all of you to read it too.
1: Yeah, I think a real good book that really helped me. I read this book years and years and years ago. There's a guy named um, John Lindeman um, and he's written some really good books um, about the property market. And he gives you a really good historical perspective um, on like what the market has done, what some of the key drivers are of the market. So he'll give you a real good base fundamental. So I just see that as a really good um, mandatory reading um, for anyone that wants to invest. So John, I think now he's got two or three books out. Um, so I'm talking about his original and first one. Um, I would absolutely definitely um, read that. It's mandatory reading for anyone that comes and joins us as staff here at Freedom Property Investors. I go, well, I have actually got copies of it. I go, yep, you know, take this book. So, um, absolutely read that but anything anything from John is, is really good.
0: Yeah, I've had John on the podcast. He's been amazing and the amount of knowledge and you know, the research he does is just phenomenal. He's very, very meticulous and also very factual as well that, you know, allows him to be able to make the right decisions. so he's done really, really well as well. That's great and also too, what do you think has been the best advice you've received?
1: Ah, oh, wow, geez, that's that's a tough one. That's a really really tough one. Best advice that I have um, received. Well, probably probably Liana. Look, if I can be honest, like Liana basically bullied me to get my first property. You know, she was like, "You are a moron if you don't buy this property." I'm like, "Really?" So, like, I think it was her bullying me to do my first one because if I hadn't done that first one, I wouldn't I wouldn't be where where I am today. So. You know, those first few steps, they're the most fearful, they're the most gut-wrenching, um, but, you know, they're, they're the best ones. They're the best ones. So
0: I'll, um, I'll hand that one to Liana. So what advice would Kura give to himself if he could go back 10 years ago?
1: Well, you know, 10 years ago, I was stressed out. Um, I was worried. I was fearful. I was anxious. Um, I was worried about the future. I would have said, Scott, look, enjoy, enjoy everything that you've got now. Be grateful for what you have and really enjoy it. It's going to be okay. And um, you're doing great. You're doing really, really great. Everything's going to be okay. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy the age, ages that they are. Um, even even enjoy your job that you hate so much. Even find things there to enjoy it. Like I would say like literally enjoy it because I was so worried about the future and time and succeeding and getting more money that I put a lot of energy in, into that worry and it just took some of the shine out of life. Like I really, really enjoyed all those times, but, you know, just took some of the shine off it because of this worry. And I would say, you know, um, you know, be, be, have, have more courage, take more, take more action and, and, and yeah, just, yeah, just take, take more action because I, I was so um, like not making a mistake was more important to me than having success. If that makes sense. So, so so I would rather go through, at that point, I would rather not achieve much but not make a mistake than make a mistake but have success. So I really changed my target. My target moved subconsciously. I didn't realize this was going on. Subconsciously, I moved from waking up every day saying, Scott, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake. I moved from that to, Scott, get what you want, get what you want, have success, move forward, take action. So it's that shift in the mindset that, that um, I'd, I'd, you know, encourage myself or coach myself to, to do.
0: Wow. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's when I, reson- I resonate with that because I think about the fear that holds us back. It's usually fear and you, you just don't know what's up ahead but it's when you start taking that action, then that fear starts to subside and it sounds like that's what happened over that period of time. It just with all that action, you know, it just kind of alleviated all of it and there's not much to worry as you said there. So, that's a really, really good response. Let's take a step forward, you know, looking at five years, what do you think you're most excited about in this next five-year journey that you've got here?
1: I've achieved my financial freedom. I mean, like I, I can keep, inv- I'm going to keep investing obviously. I love to do that but it's, it's transformed for me now because I've, I've reached that point where I am free, I do feel safe, I've achieved those things and you know, I feel like I've, I've won the respect of, you know, my family, my children and, and they're safe. So, you know, my my life now is more about building um, a legacy like for, for my family. And then it's more about, you know, building a legacy for all of the members and all that kind of thing. So what I really, really love now is like every time I go online and this might, I don't know how this sounds to people, but sometimes I'll go online and I'll type in Freedom Property Investors and I'll go to our Google reviews and I'll just read them. And I, I really, I really love, I really love reading them. Yeah, there's some, there's some bad ones in there. That's fine, but you know, like there's, there's so many great ones there. And you know, every single day there's new ones going in. And I just love, I love, I love reading them. And you know, I, I had to try and find um, some purpose for my life because the purpose of my life was make my family safe. So like that was the ultimate guiding mission programmed into my head. And and like I achieved that. And I, I, I kind of thought, well, what's my life going to be about now? Now my life is about helping other people other providers um, you know other people with families that might be struggling it's about trying trying to help them and then it's also about like all the all the great people that work like in the in the freedom like group of companies as well you know helping them to grow and expand and, and so like that's where I get a lot of my joy and fulfillment now is just helping people to grow helping people to expand whether it's expanding professionally as when they work with us or whether it's them you know growing and, and expanding, um, their, their property, their wealth, their, their futures, because Tyrone, like you and I will know, you know, 80, 80% of people are going to wind up on a pension. And even if these people get one property and not even a very good one, but hold it for 20 years, they'll probably avoid that. So, you know, um, and, and if they can, if they can get two or three in a really great location, they can have a really, really good life. Um, in their later years. We're all going to live much longer. We're all going to live probably 85, 90. So we need 30, 40 years of, you know, the government. Will the government have money to support us? We don't know. So, um, you know, I, because I, I, um, I don't have a full-time job as such, you know, I mean, I spend a lot of time out during the day and that's when you see a lot of the, the, the older people that are in retirement, they, they come out, you see them around and, and you see them scratching around for $1 just to buy a coffee from Donut King. Like they're struggling. They're struggling. There's a Royal Commission right now into um aged care because it's that bad people are dying in aged care people are mistreated and abused in aged care so you don't want to be 60 70 80 laying in some bed with with some you know person you know vulnerable so you know i I would love i would love I, i have a special heart for like young children and older people and i i just think it's because they're vulnerable and i and i think that we should we should take care of them I think the responsibility is on people right now, like to, to just have a little bit of foresight 30, 40 years down, down, down the road. Like start start preparing for that. And when I look around at how to prepare for that, like I'm still hundred percent property is hundred percent the way. So your listeners are in the right place. You're doing a great job. You're promoting it, you're putting it out there. Like I love, I love your content. Um, your audience, your audience love you and the value they get. So um the more people out there, you know, promoting the positive side of property is is really, really great.
0: appreciate that. Yeah, and that, that has always been my value and I'm just as passionate as you because I want to be able to help as many people as well and this podcast is able to impact and do that as well. And, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to listen and learn from people like yourself, you know, all the successes, it's definitely out there impossible too. So, last question I have for you, Scott, is I always ask this question to all my guests, is how much of your success is due to your hard work, intelligence and skill Or how much of it is based on luck?
1: I would say 100% would be just down to me. So, you know, I feel whatever the answer is, I think that you should decide that the answer is 100% of your life is up to you and and live your life that way. I mean, that's something I learned from my mentor, Tony Robbins. Like take 100% full responsibility for everything in your life and take 100% responsibility for everyone else in your life and every event. your life. So, you know, I was, I was very fortunate because, you know, when I began my journey, it was right before the 2012, 2013, like there was a massive property boom. So that absolutely um, gave me a really great um, opportunity to grow through equity and to be able to get the number of properties that, that I was getting. So like, that was a great, a great, um, a great opportunity that was there. But if I hadn't done all the work and everything like that, well, then I wouldn't have been positioned for that. And people are sitting right now, like as we as we record this, people are sitting right now um, in the middle of another, another boom. So like, you know, we're predicting um, a very strong price growth boom over the next two to three years. And we predict that the next 10 years will be really, really great for Australian property. So people have another opportunity. So, you know, the people that invest now, is it down to them or is it down to luck? Like so I would say it would be down to them.
0: Thank you to Scott Kuru, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey and get a copy of this episode guide on the website, head over to propertyinvestory.com forward slash guide. This guide will give you the inside scoop on the little gold nuggets of wisdom all our guests share from their backstory and all their overall strategies and philosophies. Plus, you'll get a copy of the advice broken down and shared in a quick and easy to consume format. Just head over to propertyinvestory.com forward slash guide.